Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. COVID-19 has taken a significant toll on everyone in Ontario, but our children have been impacted more than most. The pandemic has disrupted their lives. It's taken away their ability to go to school, to see friends, to connect with each other. Last week, I wrote to the public health, medical, and education experts asking for their opinion on the best path forward. And it's no secret that some of them said kids should be back in school on a regional basis for the last couple of weeks of school. Actually, almost all of them said kids should be back in school on a regional basis for the rest of the school year. But here's the rest. But here's what the experts couldn't say. They couldn't tell us that returning to in-class learning before more students and teachers are vaccinated won't lead to thousands and thousands of new cases. In fact, we've seen clearly in the modeling from Dr. Brown that returning kids and teachers back to school before they're vaccinated will lead to thousands of new cases. Welcome to After 9, everybody. That was a little bit of Doug fucking Ford yesterday and that news conference that was probably in his top five most bizarre that he's ever done. Hmm. (laughs) How are you, Kat? Good. You know, and Scott, we have a lot to unpack with that one because between that announcement that kind kind of was inevitable. I mean, when we recorded the podcast yesterday, we knew that that was happening, likely, um, that's what everyone was assuming. I was expecting a little bit more from it because I thought that we would hear that. Oh, but get, but here's the here's the caveat. Here's here here you go, guys. We're gonna move to phase one as of you know this weekend. Cool, yay! It's all good then. We're, we forgive you. But that's not what happened uh, at all. It wasn't. Um, yeah, you know, I I, uh, I don't even know where to start with this. I I think. Stephen Lecce should step down, I think, as the education minister. And I don't have a, an opinion one way or the other on whether or not he is a good or bad education minister. But one thing I will say is he has followed Doug Ford through the fire. And and Ford has basically cut him loose and, and hung him out to dry. Now, Ford yesterday was asked by three different reporters, are schools safe? Earlier this week in the legislature, the the minister of education was insisting schools are safe. The uh, chief medical officer of health has insisted schools are safe. The experts that Doug asked advice from said it's safe. And he still went against them. So, I mean, that to me is him basically saying, I don't care about your opinion, Steve. I don't care about your opinion, David Williams. I'm only going to use it when I want it or when it fits what I want to do with it. So I, I don't think there's any question Stephen Lecce will not be the education minister come September. I think that's all there is to it. I mean, how could he be? Hi, Premier. Um, Hi. I, I'm wondering, uh, the, the key to all of this seems to be that um, vaccination. Um, 
are vaccinations going to be mandatory for anyone old enough to receive one when they go back to school this year? And if not, why not, when you consider that things like measles vaccinations are, are, are mandatory? Well, we can't force anyone to go get a, a vaccination, uh, Randy, and, and uh, you know, we, we encourage them. We want them to get vaccinated. We want the, the students, as many as possible, to get vaccinated. We want the teachers to, to get vaccinated, as many as possible. We want them to get the second dose to make it safer to go back in, in September. It's, it's proven that it works. You look at our long-term care homes. You, you look at the cases coming down. You look at the ICU numbers coming down. So it's going in a positive trend uh, because the, the vaccinations, they work. I encourage people to take them. Uh, do I believe in forcing anyone to take them? No, I, I, I don't. But I'm strongly encouraging everyone to uh, take a vaccine. Does that mean that it won't be mandatory? Because it wasn't really clear from that answer, Kat. I mean, there, he said he personally doesn't believe in it, but he didn't say no, it won't be mandatory. Or yes, it will be mandatory. To me, that was a little open-ended. Is that what you got from that? Yeah, it's open-ended um, a, a little bit. Sure. Another question? Going indoors nope. 100% over the last two weeks. Loose border restrictions. Oh, and just the land borders alone that we... Are you ignoring that schools have not been safe? I mean, your government has been insisting steadfastly throughout the entire pandemic that schools were safe, that there was enough ventilation, and that your government was doing everything uh, that was necessary. Are you now acknowledging that not enough has been done and and that schools have been a source of spread? Not not at all. Matter of fact, I think Minister Lecce has done an incredible job. uh, As as I've heard, uh, it's kind of world-renowned, the rollout that we had with education. And uh, what has changed? We have the Indian variant, which is, which is deadly, better known, or B1617, better known as the Indian variant. Uh, that's, that's in play right now. And what's in play that we didn't have uh, before, we need the kids vaccinated. We need the teachers vaccinated as, as quickly as possible. And we're, we're doing that uh, throughout the summer. So that, that's the difference right there. Is that the difference? Okay, so the variant. Now it's the variant. Now it's, it's this the new variant. mystery variant that we're battling. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I think that everyone agrees across the board. It doesn't. Nothing is adding up here to make sense from the beginning of this, from wave one until right now where we're at, which is way hopefully end of wave three. None of it really makes sense or aligns. And I, I'm willing to forgive a little bit here and there, whether for provincially or federally with the fact of the unknowns. There were a lot of things that we were learning throughout this entire thing. But he was, I mean, that that person who asked the question was absolutely correct. The government that he is in, that he's in, was very, very clear about it. What, like just one wave ago that schools were safe. And everyone, and followed the science, right? How many times do we hear that? Schools are safe. We fo- we're following the science. The science says it's fine, which is la- still laughable for some people. And now you're going back on that, basically. And now you're going to say, oh, but this variant that came in is screwing our entire thing up. And what? Because what, Justin didn't close the borders? They're looking for scapegoats, right? I think that's clear. I'm not surprised by it, Scott. Who's surprised? Who's surprised that this was said? Doug has really lost all touch with reality. I mean, he's not folksy little Doug. That that was just an Etobicoke MPP who who ran for mayor and lost and uh, or sorry, no, he ran. He was a counselor who ran for mayor and lost and and now somehow found himself as premier and has completely buggered up this whole fucking thing. 
he's in such a politician mode right now that I think he's forgotten what made people like him in the first place that he wasn't a politician. He's he's just fueling the the conspiracy theories by directly contradicting his own education minister, the science table, his own chief medical officer of health. He is completely going against all their advice. And and you know what? The suggestion wasn't necessarily that schools open up across the province. Maybe it's not safe in the GTA or in Toronto or Peel. But there's a lot of public health units in Ontario where there's not a problem. And there's no cases of the Indian variant, as Doug called it. So, you know, I mean, this seems to me like a cover-up because he would not answer the question. And to me, it's very simple. Either schools were not safe all along and you put teachers and students in a dangerous situation or they are safe and you just won't send them back. And there's speculation that he doesn't want to fight with the teachers union. Do you think that's it? Um, I don't know if that is it. I don't know if I buy that narrative that he doesn't want to fight with them. I'm sure that you're going to bring this up, but I tie it all in together with the entire announcement. I tie this whole thing together. So I know we're going to get to all the details of it. That's fine. But here's how I how I found the whole thing, because I have to talk about it as a whole. This announcement from yesterday. For me, I think with his announcement that, oh, don't worry, though, kids are going to go to camp. And also, oh, let's let's make sure we organize a grad ceremony for every grade. Okay, so there's a couple of ways to make you feel better about this announcement today. He loves the shit out of that because all of those details of what he mentioned, the summer camps and the graduation ceremonies, won't fall under him. No, no, no. Other people have to make the rules for those functions. It'll be on the school boards to decide what's safe. And then all of a sudden, the blame fucking ricochets off Doug. That's exactly what that entire thing was just a lead up. And yet it was the disappointing announcement to start off. But guys, you can do this and that and that. It's very political. But then eventually what's going to happen is if, if these graduations happen and all these other outdoor things that are apparently very safe for kids to do, that's great, happen, they're not going to happen under his under his laws. You know what I mean? That they'll Oh, they'll, it's on them to make sure that they do things safely. So if something spreads from those events, it's not on me. It's on those individuals that put together those graduation ceremonies. It's Arthur's fucking fault, which we'll get to, too. <laughs> we'll you know, get to Arthur. Yeah. That's the whole thing. For me, it's got to be, I have to talk about it in one big package, Scott. Not, thing, not, not little thing by little thing, because to me, as soon as we got to the very end of it, I realized how calculated the whole thing was as a package with a shitty little bow on top. You're absolutely right. Uh, listen, he is now going back to what he's been being told for months that outdoor is safe. So now he's doing the whole outdoor safe, indoor not safe, outdoor safe, indoor not safe. Then why have you got so much shit that's outdoors shut down, you asshole? Why on earth would you go up into a news conference and insist that outdoor is safe To the point where you're going to defy your own gathering limits for outdoors and mandate that every school does a grad for every grade. Yeah, it's confusing. And, you know, uh, one point that was brought up, because I feel like sometimes because I don't have a dog in the fight, if you will, because I don't have a school age child or a child graduating from a pretty significant position in their school age life. I feel like I I shouldn't complain or say anything too much because it doesn't personally impact me. It should be left for those teachers who are involved and for the parents of the kids who are involved and the kids themselves. 
But as I'm hearing more from people on this, I mean, somebody brought up the fact that those ceremonies are actually going to mean nothing. If we do stuff for every grade, it's actually just going to take away from the significance of those actual graduating classes and what they've done. Next thing you know, like everyone's basically having a graduation ceremony for their grade just because Doug wants to give people something or make it seem like he's doing something nice. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it does totally cheapen the other formal grads that we have, like grade eight graduation. Uh, it's all been cheapened, all because of Doug. Uh, a gra- what does a grad from third grade to fourth grade even mean? No, nothing. They're going to be funneling people in like herds of cattle and making them sit outside and for these ceremonies that are completely I unnecessary and, and totally defy Doug's own rules. You can't even have an outdoor wedding this summer. With more than, what is it, 20 guests? Yeah, but he's going to put hundreds in the schoolyard for a grad just to save face. And then if an infection comes out of it, he can say, well, they didn't follow the protocols. It's confusing. I mean, obviously, it's confusing. And I have so many questions based on that. Who is supposed to take initiative for all of these grad? You think the teachers, who some of which have been trying to teach and have their kids online learn and been through enough stress for this last year and a half are excited about the the opportunity. Oh, it's a great opportunity guys to do some kind of a graduation ceremony from like you mentioned, grade three into four. How many of them, like we need volunteers for this, right? I mean, are we expecting teachers uh, or are we expecting volunteers to be a part of this? I mean, there's a lot of questions. You can't just say something randomly like that and not have a plan or expect other people to come up with the plan. And if it doesn't happen, Kids are hearing that and going, oh, yay, I'm excited because I'll get to see my friends and we'll have an outdoor grad. And then the school has to say, I'm sorry, we don't have the amount of resources to do this. Where is he putting in money for this? Like, did this come with a financial obligation as well? Because I didn't hear shit about that. No, I mean, what he did was created a fuck ton of work for teachers yes. and principals and vice principals. Like, no, thanks. If I was a teacher and I heard that and I've been through the fucking ringer the last year and a half, basically because of your government and of the federal government for that matter, too. But whatever. I'm saying, you know what? Give me the summer to rest, please. No thanks. Nope. Yeah. You're right. I mean, calling all the the students and the staff and the parents all to the school for a grad ceremony from grade two to three. I And the planning that has to go into that. And it's I'm assuming they're all going to have to have a, a, a diploma printed up i guess like, or what are they getting at this graph it's just such I mean, a, it was a nothing thing to say it was really like something it was very stupid very stupid i thought well and, and the other piece to that too is principals and parent councils and so on and so forth have for months been trying to plan a virtual graduation for this year all the planning has gone into it mm. it's ready to go and now doug throws all that planning out the window in one foul swoop and says, no, it's going to be in person now. Fuck you, buddy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shit going on in June for teachers and principals and vice principals. Do you know that those administrators have to read every single kid's report card and send it back to their teacher for revisions or uh, changes to be made? And then they have to review the changes? Are you fucking high? Mm-hmm. They don't have time for that. And it's already planned. Now you're throwing all that planning out the window and you want them to go and stand in a field in violation of your own gathering limits? I mean, tell me why we're going to do a graduation ceremony for hundreds of kids and their families and the staff, but somebody can't get married with 50 people there outdoors? Why? Why the the limit in step one? And by the way, when grad comes along, we will still be in step one. 
You tell me why there can only be 10 kids on a baseball diamond or a soccer field for a practice, but it's okay to put hundreds of people in a field or in the parking lot for a grad ceremony. What in the actual fuck? <laughs> it makes no sense to me at all. Can we talk about Other Arthur? Than he's... Oh, you want to talk about Arthur? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Off script Doug again. Here we fucking go. Uh, Doug yesterday talked about a young lad named Arthur. Talked to him. So I took it upon myself to hop in my pickup. I drove over to the house and I didn't tell him I was coming. And he goes to uh, a French school and it was all written in French. Mother translated in English on the, the other side for me. So I went over and I knocked on the door and this little guy comes out and uh, I said, are you Arthur? And he said, no, I'm, I'm Marcus. I said, is your mom home? And he said, no, they're out in the back having dinner. Come with me. He was great. It was like a little butler. Fall, you know, uh, he put this mask on. I had my mask on. And uh, so we went in the, the backyard, the nicest family you could ever, ever meet. And, and, and it was so difficult. So I, I met Arthur. And uh, I'll tell you, he's going to be the future uh, premier. I, I sat and I asked him, I said, Arthur, this is a situation. I'm going to bring it to cabinet. I was very upfront with him but I'm really concerned about putting all the kids in the classroom. You know, if there, there was a choice, uh, you know, do you want to go back to class or do you want to, uh, I said, You're, are you going to camp? He goes, yeah, I'm going to camp. I said, well, I'm just concerned about that. Which one would you want? He goes, well, I want to go back to class. So after going back and forth, back and forth, uh, we kind of, he was a tough negotiator, by the way. I got to get him into some of the negotiations. But, but at the end, uh, he said, I'd be happy if we had a graduation day, um, and that's for all grades, not just grade 8 and 12, and get to see his friends, and then he gets to go to camp and he has a great summer. So what, what, a, what a great young uh, man he is, and the family was just absolutely incredible. I'm very grateful that I, I met him last night. And if I could sit there and go to every single family and explain the situation we're, we're in, uh, I think they'd, they'd understand. I don't think they would, Doug. I don't think you understand. The common denominator here is you. <laughs> You're the fucking problem. So let's unpack this a little bit. Arthur, and I'm not convinced that that actually happened. I don't, I don't think that Doug got a letter in French that got translated for him, that he jumped in his pickup without his security detail, drove to a stranger's house, apparently walked into their backyard during dinner, and started quizzing them. In a, in a stay-at-home order. In a stay-at-home <laughs> order against his own stay-at-home order, he shows up in somebody's backyard. Uh-huh. Oh, but it's okay because I got a mask on. Uh, there's a bunch of people that have tickets, by the way, that would like to ask you a little more about that, Doug, just so you know. And uh, he sits down with little Arthur here. And Arthur, who's not a do- he's a kid. He's not a scientist or the chief medical officer of health or anything. Little Arthur says, well, well, I think that we should have a grad ceremony for every grade. And Boom. He fucking tied the entire province up having grads for a whole school. Guys, who the fuck is Arthur? Who the fuck is Arthur? (laughs) Where are you, Arthur? Who are you? Arthur. Arthur, do you like patios? Did he even ask if Arthur liked fucking patios? Huh? Did did, did you ask Arthur if he enjoys home sense or winners or any non-essential shopping, Doug? Because that would have been helpful to ask. Fuck. Uh, You know, know, whenever I have an issue in life and maybe I'm at a fork in the road... And I wish that I had that advice I need. I wish that everyone knew who Arthur was because I could just go ask Arthur. Hey, Arthur, what should I do with my life, right? 
You know, we should all have an Arthur. You're absolutely right. Someone that can just make the decisions for us that we don't want to make. The younger, the better. Younger, the better. Just get some kid and ask them to make all your life choices for you. Yeah. Like, I mean, imagine I just did that at work. Like, hey, Scott, sorry, I talked to Arthur yesterday. He told me, no, I'm I'm just going to quit the podcast. Uh, Arthur says it's probably for the best. So who the fuck is Arthur? Thank you. Do you kind of feel like maybe that didn't happen and maybe he just sort of fell asleep with the TV on and there was an actual (laughs) episode of Arthur on TV? Like, Doug, is it possible you were dreaming this or you were high or something? Like, were you doing some shrooms or something and you just envisioned some kid named Arthur? Because I have a feeling that didn't actually happen. I love it. It's like a scene from from, uh, Billy or Happy Gilmore. All of a sudden, he just gets brought into this magical happy land world, and there's Arthur on, like, a fucking tricycle. Come on, Doug! Come on! Like, did you drop some fentanyl or something, Doug? Like, is there really an Arthur? Because I don't know many Arthurs in 2021 that are kids. Uh, Not to disparage the name in any way, but the whole thing just sounds a little strange to me. Yeah, I mean, And you also broke your own rule to do it. Yeah, quite frankly, we, we all think you made it up, Doug. We all think you made it up. And even if you didn't, like you said off the top, why are you why are you getting advice from a little child? I, I, I don't I, I would love to know. I mean, I would love to know what goes through that guy's mind sometimes. I really would. Sure. What if Arthur had suggested, well, I think every kid should get ice cream every day at lunch. Would we be shipping out fucking crates and crates of Kawartha dairy to all the schools every day? The fuck are you doing, Doug? Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> it's nuts to me. Um, Another thing, too, that I want to point out before we move on. From Doug fucking Ford and his completely contradictory rules is he's going to try and open the economy a little sooner, but he didn't do it yesterday, which means it's not getting done till next week, which means that we've sacrificed the school year for the people who wanted to send their kids for the sake of a couple extra days. Mm-hmm. Not going to help out the patios this weekend when it's 40 degrees with the humidity. You still won't be able to go and sit on a patio and get a beer, even though Isaac Bogosh, the doctor on his own panel just tweeted out yesterday that he doesn't even understand why patios are closed. Outdoor, safe, indoor, not safe. Those are Doug's own words. That was a quote. Doug, you keep pointing to, we got to save the summer. Save the summer, because I'm hoping in the summer you'll forget about all the ways I fucked this up. It's not going to be a normal summer. Like, Doug is selling this false fucking hope that if we keep the schools closed for three weeks... Oh, kids will be going to camp and it's going to be a normal summer and a normal return to the school year next year. Be honest, Doug. Well, stop. No, hold on. Don't fucking lie to people. Tell them what the reality is. The reality is we will be wearing masks all summer. Gyms will not be open until summer is half over. Indoor dining is not coming until close to August at least. Be honest and tell the truth, Doug. When kids go back to school in September, will they be wearing masks or not? Because all indicators are they will. That's not the normal return to school that you seem to be peddling to people. This false sense of hope. That's not the reality. If kids do go to summer camp, the rich ones who can afford it, because not every kid can, by the way. Summer camp is not for every kid in Ontario. But when they do go to camp, if it's a sleepaway camp, They'll be very distanced and they'll be wearing masks. You know that because the kids aren't vaccinated. Stop selling this false fucking hope that if we sacrifice the school year and if we just 
do a little bit more and pull up our socks and all that shit, that things will go back to normal magically on Canada Day. That's not the reality. What we're doing now is what we will be doing in July, August, September, October, and so on. Even Dr. Tam has said it'll likely be Christmas before we can have a fully normal return to regular life. Mm -hmm. He's not being honest with people. He's selling a false hope. It's another, uh, it's just another thing that he's doing, Scott. I mean, again, I will say it's, it's another way for him to point the blame away from himself. I mean, we've heard from summer camps that the media, if you will, has been doing their fair share of, of researching and figuring out, okay, so this summer camps announcement, what are you good for? What are you not good for at summer camps? What are you ready for? What are you not ready for? And a lot of them can't answer the questions because they haven't been given enough detail. Some of them won't run at all, and maybe that's a financial situation. Some of them, they might be delayed. They won't be able to give as much because of these restrictions as to the kids. Of course, it's not going to be normal, but that's his way of saying, it's on you now, it's not on me. And we've seen this time and time again. That's what it is. It is a false hope. That's what he's doing, and it's a way for people to say, oh, my favorite summer camp says they're not ready, so that in a way you kind of feel like, it's not Doug's fault, it's this summer camp who's not fucking ready's fault. Aw. No, it's it's entirely, it's enti- it should be entirely on the province, but it all depends how people think, because some people don't see it the same way they will get mad at the wrong people for these decisions. But I'm glad that enough people are, are realizing it. I mean, all you'd have to do is look online today to realize how many people are questioning this announcement. Again, an announcement coming from the premier's office. Yeah. I'm really hoping that what came out of that for me as I am really hoping, even though, again, you have it's fucked up because he says we have to listen to the doctors on this to see if we can move to phase one, step one, whatever the fuck it is, earlier than the 14th. Oh, Okay, but I'm confused because you didn't listen to them on the school issue. So if you didn't listen to them on the school issue, are they just fucking, is it just hot air basically that's coming out of their face? Because you don't seem to actually be listening when you say that you're going to listen and wait for advice. You're given the advice and then you still go against it. So why are you even bothering to wait on a doctor to tell you to fast forward to the first phase of this fucking plan? Because you, oh, I got to wait on it. I can't do it this weekend. Why? You're going to come up with whatever narrative you want to, to make it your way, to make it the 14th. I mean, to me, that was clear based on what happened with the schools. Maybe you'll give us like one a day or, you know, it's the 14th. So maybe it'll be the the Friday before. Okay, whoopty shit, Doug. Like, come on. For a few days. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the prime minister. I think most people understand that. But Justin is going to make Doug completely irrelevant soon. Doug has hitched his wagon to borders. Borders, variants, crossing, they don't swim here, all that sort of shit. And while that's not inaccurate, no, the the, the variants didn't swim here. The border is going to reopen in the next couple of weeks. Weeks. Not months, Doug. Weeks. You're running all these fucking ads trying to get Canadians at land crossings into quarantine hotels, even though in the past you have argued that the quarantine hotel is unnecessary and stupid. He wants people at land crossings to have more strict conditions when they come into Canada, like the quarantine hotels. Listen, Doug, you're on the wrong side of this. Whether you're right or wrong, people don't want to hear it because they want the border open. The federal government says, we know, we're getting pressured, we're feeling the pressure, but we have to work this out with the provinces. Joe Biden wants the border open, and all indicators are it will be before the end of June, 
that the border reopens for non-essential travel. So I, I don't understand why he expects all of us to take everything he says verbatim, because clearly we can't trust the guy. He wants us to take it just as is that all the borders, but then in two weeks, Trudeau's going to open the borders. And if Doug pulls some shit like, oh, fucking Ontario, we don't want our borders open, and Trudeau goes along with it and says, all right, the borders are open everywhere except Ontario, there's going to be a mutiny. People are going to lose their fucking minds. The U.S. border? Why wouldn't we open it? They're vaccinated down there, and up here, Trudeau has said 75%. When we get to 75% vaccinated, we can do the border. We're close. We're at 66, I believe, as of yesterday, 64, in and around there. So, I mean, Doug, you're just doing all the wrong things. I mean, fuck. Why don't you call Kat and I? Bring us in for a meeting, because apparently we can get together again. Uh, You're not Arthur. Who the fuck do you think you are? (laughs) Well, I don't know. Does Arthur want to go to a Jays game? Because maybe we should open the border if Arthur wants to. You know, like. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fuck. Anyway, let's uh, move on from Doug here. Uh, Another high-profile story that people definitely talk about from time to time involves Canada's most prolific serial killer, Paul Bernardo. Can I tell you I even get weirded out mentioning that fucking name? Because he's He's a piece of shit? He's a total piece of shit. Uh, You can look it up if you're one of our younger listeners and don't know who Paul Bernardo is, but he's serving a life sentence in an Ontario prison. Millhaven is where he is, in Bath. And he gets his parole hearing. On June 22nd, he's already applied for both full parole and day parole, and he was denied. But as is your right, when you are incarcerated, you're entitled to parole hearings. And the problem with that is, is that when you go and make a case for why you should be released and why you've been rehabilitated and you've changed, it's also incumbent on other people, typically the victims, to stand up and make a case for why you shouldn't be released. Which means that our system sets it up so that victims have to continuously relive the crime against them. Just to make sure the person who wronged them doesn't get out of prison early. I feel so fucking bad for the families of Kristen French and Leslie Mahaffey. And even uh, Carla Hamalka's sister was another one of their victims. Mm -hmm. But I have a suggestion. I put this out on Facebook today and it's actually getting a bit of traction. You want to hear it? Yeah, sure. I think that... We should go to just assholes like Bernardo and say, listen, here's the reality of the situation. You're never going to get out of prison. All this does is get you out of jail for a couple of hours and you get to go out and experience a little bit of freedom while you go to your parole hearing. But then you go right back to jail. You're never going to get parole. So rather than putting the family through this, we're going to make you a deal. We're going to give you some little perk or some little treat if you waive your right to parole hearings this year. You know, wouldn't it be, it, it would suck to have to give this piece of shit anything, but wouldn't it be a better trade-off to go to Bernardo and say, okay, listen, you're not going to put the family through this parole hearing and have to bring all these crimes back to light again. You're going to voluntarily waive your right, and in exchange, we'll give you a steak dinner once a week. Could you get behind something like that? 
or in exchange, we'll give you more outside time. We'll give you your own gym, something. For me, I mean, the system's really fucked up. I don't like the system that we have in Canada. It's unfortunate. It absolutely breaks families and it year after year. I mean, you're right. uh, All of those families have to relive it. But for me, all of it could be avoided. I mean, for me, the change that I would make would have gone way back to the beginning. Death sentence. If this fucking Ah. guy was dead, we wouldn't even be talking about it. The guy should have died years ago, in my opinion. And if I had any say in the matter, he would be dead. Just kill them. What a waste of our fucking resources and time and having to rehash this whole thing again. There's a special group of people that are in the prison systems that we have here in Canada that are fucking atrocious. These people are the scum of the earth. And what happens to them in prison, unfortunately, for someone like Paul Bernardo, just so everyone knows, he's very segregated. He is absolutely by himself. So he's not getting all that prison, oh, shitty treatment, and oh, people are going to fu- like rape him and, and, and hurt him. No, because he's completely segregated because he is high risk when it comes to that. So he gets to live his life by himself and someone feel that that's good punishment for me you should have killed the fucking guy after he was convicted bye that's just the way i see it okay so i suggested we cut a deal but the other one that i'm also considering and i agree with you on the death penalty thing in fact you know what i mean howard stern did it years ago he ran to be governor of new york and he said i'm only running to bring back the death penalty and Mm -hmm. after i bring back the death penalty i will step down could you be a one-issue politician would you consider running just to implement that and then walk yep I would implement that and a couple other apparently very hard to talk about topics for some of these fucking shitty politicians. I would do my very best. And I know it's not as easy as it sounds. I know there's a lot of loophole, loops and things you have to go through. I get it. I would hire someone to help me with all of those and make sure that we did it as smoothly as possible. But yeah, you bet your ass I would do that. Let's go. These people should have, like, what a waste of our fucking space and resource. Bye. Die, fuckers. The other thing that occurs to me that would also solve a problem is give it to them. Careful what you wish for, Bernardo. You want parole? No problem. Here you go. You're free. Let's see how long you last. Because I have a feeling there will be traffic on the 401 to get to be waiting outside that prison when that son of a bitch walks. Yeah. The minute he walks out of there, he is the biggest target in North America. I don't think he'll last very long if he gets out. My personal opinion. Uh, it's, you know what? It's hard, though, because with the system that we have in place for that, I feel like he's going to get a lot more protection than you assume. And that's unfortunate. And we know that for, you know, Carla Homoka, um, she pops up every now and again, right? And and she's still living life. And, and I know that her case is totally different. Than, well, I shouldn't say totally different than Paul Bernardo's, but it is different. But we She hear, actually but, served her time, though. She served her time. But you think that makes a difference for people? You think no. that even if you did something absolutely atrocious, atrocious if you serve your time, that's going to change your mind on that person? I don't think no. so. And a lot of these people get away with it and they end up living a life and having a family afterwards. I would never want that to happen, which is why I'm all for the death penalty in this country. I wish we had it. What a waste of fucking time. Fuck. How does Arthur feel about it? Do you know? Does he have a position on capital punishment or uh, the parole system? I hope so. (laughs) I hope he does. And I hope that it's uh, I hope he's for it. Let's go, Arthur. Last thing. And we'll make this quick to wrap it up. There is uh, one of the popular mommy bloggers. Uh, She's on TikTok as well. Her name is Destiny Ann, has put out an interesting suggestion that will no doubt spark some conversation. And we'll have this conversation now, but feel free to have it with your loved ones. And you can DM us and let us know what you come up with. Destiny Ann here is saying she doesn't give her daughter an allowance for doing chores. Instead, she gives an allowance for how much time 
her daughter puts into her hobbies and things she's passionate about, like gym, sorry, like gymnastics. She says she wants her kids to feel like their hobbies are their job. She wants them to associate money with stuff they enjoy, not stuff they hate, so that when they're older, they won't go for a job they hate just because it pays well. It's an interesting theory. Mm. Okay, so my immediate reaction whenever I hear, oh, a parent is doing something that might be considered a little unorthodox, a little uh, maybe even questionable for some people to hear that, I hope and I assume that the parent knows what's best for their kids. I mean, for me, I've got young kids, but I can already tell you that the way that I discipline one might differ from the way I discipline another. And if she as a parent feels like the way that she rewards her kids should be different or encourages them in different ways should be different than the norm, then I can respect that, honestly. I mean, she's the parent. She can do what she wants. What works for one family and one parent and one kid doesn't work for every parent and and kid and family. So I'm, I don't hate the idea. It probably wouldn't work for me. Um, it also, the one thing that I will take out of what she said that I really do feel strongly about is that I want my kids to do something that they do love and that they are passionate about. Now, if they like to sit around it all day and play video games, well, fuck, I better see something coming out of you that makes me seem like you want to be in, involved in that in a way that will make you money. Um, but I do enjoy the part of, of letting your kids do something that they're passionate about. But if you're going to pay them on top of the hobbies, I mean, that really does take money too. I mean, we're talking about a certain kind of, of parent that's able to not only pay for everything. Let's say it's... Uh, Fine arts. Oh, you want to do that for a living? First of all, hard, hard to do, uh, but that's fine. We're going to buy you all these classes. You're going to go to school for it, and we're going to pay you on top of that just to be doing it. I'm not sure if that sends a good message or not. I'm unsure on that, but I do like the idea of getting kids interested in something that they really do love so that they don't live their day-to-day life hating their fucking job because how many people do that? How many people are living that life now? You go into work because it's a paycheck for you. That's sad to me. That really makes me sad. So I would encourage my kids to do something good, but I probably would not take it as far as as she is where, hey, yeah, you want to watch another episode of Paw Patrol? Here's five bucks. Like, are you fucking kidding me? No, that's not happening. You better put in a little bit of work and show me effort from real life things. Show me your schoolwork is improving. Show me that whatever you can do chores around the house and get things done because that is kind of real life, right? Yeah, I mean, to me, this is a very 2021 way of looking at things, a very 2021 way of raising kids. Uh, Young kids right now, chances are mom is Gen X. And it surprises me because Gen X was a hardworking generation by all accounts. And, And there's a lot of people who would say, no, hard work gets rewarded with money and promotions and nice things. And not working doesn't get you far ahead. So some people will point out that this is a mixed message. And while the ideal is to get paid well and do something you love, reality is that it doesn't often work out that way. Uh, I'm fortunate. I have a job that I love and I get paid pretty well for it. You're in the same boat, Kat. Mm -hmm. But I get that there's a lot of people who would much rather be, I don't know, you're a great swimmer. You want to be a lifeguard because you want to save lives and swim. Well, the reality is that's a minimum wage job and you can't live on minimum wage in 2021 in Ontario. You you just can't. So, I mean, whatever example you want to use, I just think that it might be setting them up for disappointment down the line. And while it's the best of intentions, I don't think that this is necessarily sending that right message about hard work pays off. 
I mean, I think back to me, I, I think the most I ever got for an allowance was $10. And I had to work my butt off for that. That was dishes and clearing right. tables and watching my brother for a couple hours while my mom did the groceries and things like that. Right. You know, I mean, if we're going to pay kids an hourly rate to play fucking Xbox, um, well, first off, I can't wait until those gamers that are playing like 30, 40 hours a week go to mom and dad and say, you owe me $856. Yeah. <laughs> what? Fuck. <laughs> I mean, that's a tough look. <laughs> but then again, if you love video games, maybe your career path is in esports or gaming. Not for everybody, but I suppose you might be the one in a million who lands that job, I guess. All right, we're going to wrap it up for today. Thank you to everybody for listening and to Arthur, as always, for his sound advice. We appreciate you, Arthur. And Doug, of course. No, he's not listening to anybody, is he? He's not even listening no. to us anymore. No, I think he's completely <laughs> shut out. I think he's uh. completely shut out. I'm not sure. Uh, but tomorrow will be fun. Tomorrow's going to be a fun podcast. We'll have uh, Date Blizzard in. So we're going to talk about all kinds of fun stuff as we get ready for a really hot weekend ahead uh, for most of Ontario. So, uh, yeah, we will chat with you guys then. Can I remind you of one more thing? Yeah. All I've heard from the docs, and we've all heard the same thing. Indoors bad, outdoors good. Indoors bad, outdoors good. Thank you, Doug, for reiterating that. Have yourselves a good one, everybody. As the world's opening back up and humans are getting ready for concerts and festivals and there's a surge in demand that the Portageon people cannot keep up with. They're worried there might not be enough toilets this year, which makes no sense. We used to have enough toilets. Why would there be a need for more? We're only gone for a year. It's not like we've been holding it in. The name Karen has plummeted in popularity, dropped all the way down to number 831 on the list of most common girl baby names. If I was a baby and my parents named me Karen, I would definitely ask to speak to the manager. (laughs) 